Good morning, Peter Goffwood. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. And uh, I want to introduce you to my guest presenter this morning. Her name is Ethel Lewis. Good morning. Good morning, Ethel. How are you this morning? Good morning, Peter. Lovely meeting you. And uh, looking and forward too. to hear your choices of uh, dishes for this Valentine weekend. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, Peter, first of all, I want to say that this week I, I read that story about, I don't know if you saw it, where David Beckham was interviewed and he happened to mention that Victoria Beckham, for the past 25 years, has only eaten grilled fish and steamed vegetables and very rarely deviates. Yeah. Your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, it's why she always looks so miserable. I mean, when was the last time you ever saw her in a photograph where she's actually smiling? I know. Um, and that could well be why. Absolutely. Right? It's, an interesting fact. it's an interesting thing because there still are people, and it's, it's, it's kind of like my, my nemesis. It's the thing that annoys me. There are still plenty of people out there who gain no pleasure whatsoever from food, and it's purely sustenance. Wow, that is an interesting... They use it for mm. for their bodies and nothing else. They're missing half of life, but, you know, um, yeah, I can can see it. You know, she she keeps in shape, so she's on a strict diet. But, I mean, that is pretty damn boring. I mean, it it says a lot about people in... in, Boring, yes. If I'm a diet... Could could fly the globe and eat whatever food she wanted to. The fact that she has the same thing every day. Yeah. That is. Can you imagine if you were her personal chef? Oh, my goodness. Oh no! I I I think um, I would I I don't know I would maybe just you know an Afrikaans if it I I don't know I I would do something that is quite um, you know that's really mundane Um, it's seriously mundane but I mentioned to you that I had a colleague who used to have a hot dog a juice box and a yogurt cup every single day for lunch and his he said to me it's predictable and I don't like change and that was his reasoning so you know at the end of the day then I suppose food. Food isn't as much of a um, interesting or exciting thing for for people out there, um, and it's an interesting yeah. thing. And, and I suppose we shouldn't judge. And um, if that's what a person is happy with, and that's what a person is happy with. Yeah. Now, no, no, I, I think I, I'm, I'm, I, I say we shouldn't judge, but I'm, you know, um, <laughs> was it the seven things? Is people people are so judgmental, and you can just tell by looking at them. Yeah. If, if I may to, add, is that I don't think we are judging her in person. Mm. We are just judging no. the food that she eats because we don't understand. Maybe that's yes. a, quite a good and point. One can understand if I imagine being a, uh, in her position as a sport uh, uh-huh. figure. Figure, then I need to keep up my fitness, etc., yeah. and be very lean. Yes, absolutely. And I know when I diet, I have to steam my fish. <laughs> <laughs> and I love fish. Yeah, Ethel says so, she loves fish. So, yeah. so I love fish, but I only steam it when I diet. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Peter, Monday is Valentine's Day, and um, you want to talk to us about some special foods that we can have on Valentine's Day. What have you got on the menu? So, okay, so basically what I first want to just mention is just a couple of Valentine's tips before we get to the ingredients. Um, You know, it's always one of those things of what do you do? You know, um, uh, how to do something romantic. And Monday's not the best day for it. I mean, it's not the most romantic day of the week. And and, and so I I think that the the secret for me is to to get the jump on Monday. And what I would suggest 
people do is go today and buy yourself um, uh, six croissants and put them in the freezer today. Oh. Put them in plastic, buy them in the put them in the freezer, put a bottle of champagne in the fridge, and you all of a sudden have on Monday morning a very sexy romantic breakfast waiting to happen. Mm. You know, um, it's a great way to start the day, and it'll you'll be amazed at the results. Um, another tip is to buy flowers on Sunday. Uh-huh. Not only is they're not a mad rush, they're also cheaper the day before Valentine's mm. Day. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I normally do is I will buy a bunch of flowers the day before and put them in a bucket of water and leave them in the garage. <laughs> so first thing in the morning, shazam, there are flowers. You know, and it's a case of how do we organize that? You know, it's, it's one thing coming home for flowers after work. You arrive back and you bought flowers with you. But to have had the wherewithal to sink to get the flowers beforehand brings you serious, serious bonus points. Okay, so... So I just want to say one thing. I hope that the I hope that um, the powers that be in my world are listening because you know the, you know the, you know the story. You know when when you talk about certain foods, I get home, it's there. So um, yeah. yeah. So I'm just putting it out there. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he's, got, he's also got the whole weekend to listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I shall drop big hints. Um, yeah. So flowers, so, so flowers the in the garage, yeah. And the next one. So the other thing is obviously, you know, if you haven't made a reservation at a fabulous restaurant by now, you can forget about getting a booking yeah. anywhere in on Monday night. The thing to do is rather make dinner yourself or lunch or whatever the meal is. And, I, and it, it just we've spoken about the the, the value previously. We've spoken about the value of the spade work meal. You know, <laughs> the, the the fact that you've taken all day to shop and to chop shows in tent. It shows that you've been thinking of your loved one. So it's, it's actually the perfect Valentine's gift, really. I know everyone likes to be taken out and pampered, but you can do the same amount of pampering in your own home. Yeah. You know, and, and trust me, the results are much, much better. So that leads me on to, if you're going to cook dinner, what ingredients should you use? And that launches us into the subject of aphrodisiacs. Uh-huh. Um, who's aphrodisiacs? Now, there's a long list of food that is believed to have magical uh, pr- uh, properties. Um, and uh, some are just phallic looking and some there is some actual science into uh-huh. it. I still think one of my favorite quotes actually relates to oysters. And it was, uh, it was a quote by Groucho Marx. Groucho Marx once said, he said, he said this business of oysters being aphrodisiac is absolute nonsense. He said, I had a dozen once and only nine worked. <laughs> Well, I, I agree say, on that one, Peter. <laughs> I must say that when you mentioned aphrodisiac foods, two things came to mind. Oysters, which make me cringe, and then yeah. uh, chocolate. Yeah, of course. How did I know we get to find our way all the way down the bottom of the list? Chocolate. But I love chocolate. oysters. You're right. Mm. So I'm going to give you some ingredients we've got here. Some of their aphrodisiac powers. Quite interesting, some of it, actually. So now it's a question of putting a menu together where you can Try not to do too many of them um, because, A, it might taste horrendous and, uh, you know, I'm not sure that you'll get the desired effect. You want at least to have some decent food. But let's, let's, let's start with chocolate. Chocolate, bitter chocolate has long been um, associated with all sorts of sensual behavior. Um, and it, it does actually have um, some science to it. It, it, it contains a, an, an element called tryptophan which is one of the building blocks of serotonin, which is, which is known to enhance pleasure. So not only does it 
taste and feel good in your mouth. It also has that chemical that chemical um, uh, element that is that is that is certainly considered to to, to have aphrodisiac properties. But, I mean, you've got things like asparagus. Now, asparagus is more a lot of the stuff that is is um, uh, thought to be aphrodisiac is because it has phallic shapes um, and things like asparagus. Um, the other thing which is quite interesting, and that's avocados. Now, the actual uh, word avocado comes from the, as the, uh, the ancient Aztec language. And, and, and avocado in Aztec actually means testicle. Oh, no. um, yeah. So, but it's also, but it's also that said, it is rich in vitamin E and B, which is thought to aid, you know, in fertility and energy. So it's not, uh, it's not a, it's not a complete nonsense. Now, here's an interesting, here's an interesting combo. Um, cocoa powder is also um, believed to have aphrodisiac properties. If you want to make, I tried this once. I didn't make it. Someone made it for me, and I was actually gobsmacked by how fabulous it was. You want to make yourself a non-dairy chocolate mousse. Mm. Yeah? Mix cocoa powder and avocado together. Sounds very interesting. Together, almost like a, like a chocolate, it's almost like a chocolate guacamole. Mm, um, you can add a little bit of sugar to mm. it, obviously. Um, but you'd be actually amazed. When I tasted it, I couldn't get, I could get the chocolate. Someone said, taste this chocolate mousse and tell me what I've made it with. There's no way wow. on earth that I would have guessed that it was avocado. Because it's, it's such a neutral flavor that you can go sweet or savory with it. Wow. So that's an interesting, an interesting bit of chocolate mousse that you could, uh, or you could just do what you will probably do, Vanessa, and just dip avocado straight into chocolate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ethel's busy nodding her head here. So, Ethel, have you had avocado chocolate mousse before? Oh, yes. Oh, there we go. I All haven't had it. All the will know about that. Ah, okay. We've there tried we go. that as well. Yeah, ah. <laughs> yeah it's also. It also goes well, sorry, it also goes well yeah. with your coconut cream. So if you yeah. want to make yeah. an ice cream ah. and you're a banter and uh, yeah, you mix your, your uh, dark chocolate or cocoa powder into your uh, cocoa cream. Yes. And uh, you just freeze it. Fantastic. It's lovely yeah. ice cream. I'm getting mm, lots of yeah. ideas here. <laughs> you guys are yeah, great. <laughs> I mean, you've got... And you've got some. And look, some of the fruits like like pomegranates, for example, cherries, yeah. strawberries. That, yeah. I mean, they, one of the things they do, they, they're they're known to increase your blood flow. So this yeah. is always, you know, it, it, you know it, 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 some, and obviously the most obvious of all fruits is is the fig. Um, now, you know, it has appeared in all manner of saucy literature throughout time, comparing figs to various parts of the anatomy. Um, but they're actually quite high in amino acids. Mm. Um, which is also very, very good for for production of uh, of all manner of things that get you get you going. So things not only do they look suggestive, and the Greeks have been talking about them for thousands of years, but mm. they do actually have some mineral properties that work. You've got some obscure things. Well, I say obscure um, maca powder, for example. You know, one of the superfoods. Um, this is actually referred to as, as Peruvian Viagra, um, and it really has quite magical powers. It's used. It's used in a lot of traditional medicine for treating for, for, for fertility and, and uh, lack of libido. And apparently, one of the best beverages to have is to warm it up, is to have like a, almost like a latte uh, with warm nut milk, maca mm. powder, turmeric, and cinnamon. Apparently, mm. is, is quite a sexy beverage. Mm, sure. um, then obviously, you've got things like ginseng. I mean, ginseng gen- mm. has been used in, um, in, in tr- traditional Chinese medicine to, to increase libido for, for the past 5,000 years. 
You know, it's, it's certainly not new to anyone. Uh, pistachio, saffron is one. Saffron one that I came across that I had no idea. And saffron has quite a, a lot of medicinal properties. It's used to treat a depression. Oh. Um, and it, there's, there's evidence that it reduces stress and enhances mood. Enhances mood. So, yeah, saffron is quite a, a good one. Um, you know, so, so now if you start to think of some combinations that you could get going here, um, there really is quite some fabulous food that you could make that will have the purported aphrodisiac, aphrodisiac powers to it. Chilies is one. Chilies, that, the, the sensation um, that, uh, that also um, actually it helps the release endorphins, and that's the the capsin, the, the capsinicin, uh-huh. which is the, the which is the, which is where the heat is. That's it. That comes from the, the seeds and the actual membrane mm. of, of the tree. That's why they tell you to, to if you want don't want it too hot, you scrape up the, the pips in the membrane. That's right. That that uh, helps to um to to cool uh, cool. It causes <laughs> in, in, increased uh, blood flow, but it certainly also releases endorphins because mm. your body feels like it's being attacked. And mm. so it, it releases pleasure, pleasure sensors mm. so that you can relax and chill. So chilies have are, are, are long since been used for, for aphrodisiacs. Um, yes. I thought I'd do some research into, into as soon as we, we need to, some beverages to go with that. Oh, yes. Um, now, the obvious one is, is bubbles. Mm. Champagne has always been uh, associated with uh, sexual conduct, although... Funnily enough, there is no um, evidence whatsoever that it has any aphrodisiac powers apart from the obvious one that alcohol does, that it, it lowers our inhibitions. Mm. Um, so it's actually interesting that the bubbles is, is reputed, well, is, is crossed off most people who do any research and said, no, there's no evidence. What's interesting, though, is, is that wine, red wine in particular, red wine over white wine apparently is, is, is good for the libido. Um, it has... Um, uh, an, an element in uh, in, the, in the skins um, that, okay. that you, you know as, as tannins, so that the very good anti-inflammatory and, and and very good antioxidant, and they reckon again uh, has good good restorative powers, whereas white wine is not necessarily the case. So I was quite interested there. Um, there's other ad, abstract stuff like like absinthe, mm. um, but unfortunately, the, the, the amount of worm, wormwood that is found in modern day uh, absinthe is is minimal. Wormwood was the was the ingredient that always used to uh, you know, make people hallucinate. That's why the, ah. the the artists always used to drink it because it had hallucinogenic properties. But the, and it's the wormwood that also has the aphrodisiac properties. But um, it, it, the traces of, of wormwood in modern day absence is, is negligible, you know. So so you'd have to drink an incredible. By the time you've got enough wormwood in you, um, you'd be passed out and no good to anybody. You know? <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Gosh, that is quite an exhaustive list of items that people can go and get and create a wonderful menu with, yes. Peter. So no excuses. No, exactly. I, I think you know it's one of those things that that if you're going to make some food um, uh, to, to, on Valentine's, why not slip in a couple of aphrodisiacs? It can't do you any harm. Absolutely. Although I think if you do if you do a Valentine's meal, that will be all the aphrodisiac you need. I can assure you, whatever you produce, yeah. if you you know toasted cheese sandwiches and you know a, a bottle of plonk will do the trick if you've taken the, the time and the effort to lay the table put a yeah. couple of roses on the table light some candles 
that what you actually eat will probably be immaterial. Before I let you go, I'll tell you what happened with Tim and I one year is we, were, we with our children were very young and very small and they went off and they stayed with Granny and we were sitting on the couch and I looked at them and I said to him, you know, all I want right now is my own bowl of custard because he used to make the children custard and um, yeah. and then they would eat it all up and then there was like this little bit left for me and, you know, and Tim. <laughs> and uh, I said to him, all I want, he said to me, you know, that's a brilliant idea. So we made a liter of custard on the stove and we <laughs> we both had a bowl of custard and it's one of the most romantic meals I've ever had. Can you, you believe know, I, I think, it? <laughs> yes. But that's what, think, what was special for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know it's fantastic. Although you're going to regret telling that story because you know what he's going to make. <laughs> yeah, hopefully he's not. Hopefully he's not. Hopefully it's a romantic meal, and he's going to hand feed you strawberries <laughs> and chocolate. All you're going to get is a bowl of custard. <laughs> I know. Maybe he's zoned out already. I don't know. But hopefully, hopefully, you know, we got him at the flowers and the croissants and the bubbles and things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I tell you what. Next Friday, I want to know from you what you did for Valentine's. So uh, can I put you on the spot like that? No, you can indeed. You can indeed. Fortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, Leith is not within earshot, so it has not heard any of my suggestions. Ah, fantastic. So they, will still be a, they still have the element of surprise. Maybe I'm going to speak to Elise for, for the first five minutes and then to you. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, what a wonderful list. I love this today, and I hope that you have a wonderful romantic Valentine's Day, and we'll speak again next Friday. Yeah, fantastic. And, and, and have fun, Ethel. It sounds like you're having a great time on the radio. Thank and, you very much, Peter. Yes, thank you. It's a, it's a lovely morning. <laughs> what a privilege. Thank you very much. Peter, we speak again next Friday.